I'm going to talk just a few moments this morning. I'm going to preach just a few moments this morning on the title, And Fire. And Fire. And Fire. Too many people today are are focusing on the Holy Spirit, and they're not adding the words, And Fire fire they're too busy talking about the power of the holy ghost the power of this the power of that to go out and do this that and the other i'm going to tell you what we ain't got no power if we ain't got the fire we need the fire of the holy ghost to come back into our churches and to start igniting us once again we need that refinery fire we need that fire that's going to make us born again once again we need that fire that's going to take everything outside of us and 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 make us whole again we need the fire of God. I'm not going to preach long because we're going to get back into worship. We're going to get back into allowing God to let the fire of the Holy Ghost fall. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist is talking here. And he's baptizing people. And here, listen to what he says. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then if you travel over to Acts chapter 2, starting in verse number 1. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat on each of them them stretch your hand this way dear heavenly father we come before you this morning god and i thank you for the word that you have given us today father i know that in past times we have neglected the fire of the holy ghost but today from this day forward i pray god for elevate faith church of god that today we no longer neglect the fire and the power of the holy ghost but as from today forward god we pray that every time that we assemble amongst ourselves together in this place when other people come in and we assemble all together in one mind and one accord that God you begin to open up the floodgates of heaven and you begin to set down upon us fire like as of old God I pray Lord that you would just hide me behind your veil God this word is not mine but it is yours and God I pray Lord that you would touch this service touch the sermon today God I pray that you touch the hearer and allow them to be anointed and touch their ears Lord that they would hear the word of the Lord in Jesus name amen we know a lot of stuff about fire Fire is probably one of the coolest things that is known to man. Fire is is so cool that there are people called pyromaniacs. Pyromaniacs go around setting blaze to just about anything they can find to get their hands on. Why? Because fire is neat. Now I want to I want I I was reading a study and I want to tell you something about fire. There's there's a reason why God chooses fire to do certain things in the Bible. Now if you look at the word fire, if you look it up, the word fire is in the Bible 506 times. Now, to my recollection, there are only 66 books of the Bible. So in 66 books of the Bible, 506 times, the word fire is represented in the word. I think the Lord likes fire. As a matter of fact, I, if I remember correctly, he showed up to Moses in a, in a bush. 
as a fire. If I recall correctly, every time that somebody would do a, a blood sacrifice, they had to burn the sacrifice upon an altar of fire. Now, you ask yourself, why fire? Why did he choose fire and not something else? Why didn't he choose rain? Why didn't he choose wind? Why didn't he choose a cloud? Why didn't he choose this, that, or the other? He chose fire for a specific reason. Now, I want you to notice something. When we see a cloud come up and we see thunder going on in the sky and all of a sudden the rain starts to come down, what is it doing? It's falling from the heavens but when you go and you look at a fire and you go and you build a fire I, I how many of you have seen some great big old fires i'll tell you what when i was a teenager i went to a bonfire for the church one time and i think we had about 80 pallets we put on this this fire and we we soaked it in gasoline before we ever did anything and then we took a match we threw it we ran as fast as we could and that thing blew up with fire now what does fire do that's different than anything else It consumes, yes, but fire does something that nothing else does. It goes straight up to the heavens. The hotter a fire gets, the higher it goes. The wider a fire gets, the higher it goes. But anytime a fire is lit, it automa- its flames automatically begin to reach for the heavens. You see, I believe God chose fire because everything that he has a purpose for is supposed to return back to him. So every, every sacrifice that was given to God was burned. And that sacrifice was lifted up back to him. We know all kinds of things about fire. I want to talk about four specific things about fire today. And you're going to have to help me, help, help me preach this message today because I'm, 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 I'm burning up with this fire thing. Now, there's number one, we see that fire is a consuming fire. Fire is a consuming fire. What does that mean? What does consuming mean? That means that everything that is inside a fire will no longer be. There will be nothing but just a, a, a mere morsel of ash. You know, you could put a log about six foot long and about four foot wide in a fire, and by the time that 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 log is completely burned up, it's probably going to be less than a handful of ashes. Why? Because it has completely consumed that thing up. You say, how in the world are you trying to to say about the the consuming fire? What I'm saying today is is when we bring baggage, when we bring things into the church, when we bring things into our lives, this fire of the Holy Ghost is a consuming fire. It consumes sin. Every bit of sin that is in your life, every bit of sin that that was in our lives is consumed by the fire of the Holy Ghost. That means that there's no more left, not even a morsel left of sin. God, God says as far as the east is from the west, I will have no part of it. And you know, it's a consuming fire. That person that walks in off the streets in bondage, that when they come into and come in contact with the fire of the Holy Ghost, the fire of the Holy Ghost is going to burn up that, that bondage. It's going to burn up that captivity that they're living in. Somebody who is, who is trying, to, trying to get rid of drugs and alcohol, that addiction that has, that has gotten a hold of them, or the addiction of pornography. Addiction is something called a bondage. And when you get in contact with the fire of the Holy Ghost that bondage and that addiction no longer can stay there why because it is a consuming fire that no longer can it when you're in the fire of God when you're up here worshiping and praising God and and doing all that when the devil tries to come at your mind with those things that you're addicted to when you're in the fire of God that fire is consuming that thing so no longer can it grab a hold of your mind but it is consumed by the spirit of the almighty God it is a consuming fire fire 
I've often heard Christians say so many times that, that oh, I, I, I'll finally go to church when I get my life right. Well, I want to tell you something. It's not about getting your life right first. If, if I had any message to tell anybody out there on the street today, it is about going out and telling them, hey, you don't have to worry about that thing. If you smoke cigarettes, go ahead. Bring the pack and put it in your pocket. When you walk up to that aisle and you give your heart to the Lord, all of a sudden that fire of the Holy Ghost is going to get a hold of you. And that fire, you're going to take that pack of cigarettes out. You're going to lay it on the altar and a consuming fire of the Holy Ghost is going to consume it no longer will you want to do that kind of thing it's the consuming power of the Holy Ghost but you see all, all too often our churches today have said you know what that's not for us oh boy yeah I'm, I'm going to go there I'm going to step on some toes probably now I know as far as our church we allow the fire of the Holy Ghost to move but you see, there's too many churches that have allowed the fire to go dim. They, they've even allowed it to go as far as they've allowed Satan to pour the final cup of water on it and for the final coal to go out to where it's no longer even smoldering. So that when people walk into the back doors of their church and they walk down to the aisles and they sit in the seat and the worship begins, they feel nothing. Why? Because there's no consuming power of God. The people stand up and they start to lift their hands. And they're looking around and they're going, what in the world is going on? I don't feel anything. Why can I not feel anything? It's because the power of the fire of the Holy Ghost is gone. That consuming power is gone. It's time today that we allow our churches, our preachers in the pulpit, need to begin to preach about the fire of the Holy Spirit again. Why? Because it's the fire that is lost. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that is lost. We've got to get back to knowing what the power and what the fire is in our lives. So the fire is a consuming fire. Secondly, it's a burning fire. Now, I don't know about you, but I've built a lot of fires in my time. And let me tell you what, if you've got a big fire going on, it's one of the hardest things to put out. You can pour water on it and pour water on it and pour water on it and pour water on it, but it's, if, it's, if it's really, really hot, it's going to be hard to put out. That's what I'm talking about. The fire of the Holy Ghost should be a burning desire within inside of us. We as Christians should want that fire of the Holy Ghost to stay strong, should stay burning. So we need to come back to the, to, to the church and replenish that fire. Ask, keep adding stuff onto that fire. Keep adding coal. Keep adding the wood. Keep adding the word. Keep, keep adding the worship. Keep adding the Bible studies. Keep adding the fellowship. Keep adding the things that are going to continue to allow this fire to become burning inside of us. That way when we go outside of these four walls and we hit the street, and we begin to, to work and to move for God. You see, a burning fire causes us to do some things. It causes us to want to be mobile. It causes us to want to not stay inside these four walls. You see, a fire finds a way to get the oxygen. You know, if, if a fire is trying to be snuffed out by something being on top of it, what does a fire do? A fire begins to find little places where oxygen is coming in. I don't know if you've ever built a, a fire pit, but I've built a fire pit, several of them actually. And one time I built a fire pit and there were no holes in the bottom of the fire.
fire pit. You see, the best thing to do is take one, uh, one brick here, one brick here, and then put another one on top of there and allow a little bit of oxygen to get in there. Why? Because a fire is going to try to find air so it can breathe, so it can become bigger. And that's what we need to understand in our lives. As a burning fire inside of us, when it starts to get snuffed out because we're not in our word enough, if we're not in our worship enough, if we're not hanging out with Christian folk enough, if we're not doing what we need to do to let our fire grow, we've got to allow it to burn and get that oxygen inside. We've built the wrong kind of burning pit. We need a new burning pit. We need to get back on our face before the Lord and tell God we need some more of that. That Holy Ghost fire, that oxygen of the Holy Ghost to come in so our fire can begin to get bigger. Hallelujah. It's a fire that burns. It causes us to want to do more stuff. It's a passion. What are you passionate about today? You see, if, if me and my wife in our marriage, if we, if we weren't passionate for each other, we'd just leave each other. Why? Because there's no fire burning inside our marriage. It's the same way with God, with this fire burning of the Holy Spirit. We've got to get a passion for God and a passion for people, a passion for work. You see, my passion is to preach the Word of God. And this morning, I'm trying to preach with everything inside of me. But I want to tell you what, if I didn't have this passion to preach, I might as well put my Bible down and hang it up and go somewhere else. But this burning fire inside of us has got us doing things. It keeps us ready and willing and able that when we go outside of these walls and we go knocking on doors, we go talking to people and we love them and we hug them and we be that shining example for Jesus Christ. It's that burning fire. But the problem is, is that Christian people today no longer have that burning fire living inside of them. Yeah, do they come to church on Sunday mornings? Absolutely. But it's become a ritual. They come in and they, they do their Hail Marys and their yah yah yahs and their ba ba bas and they go right out back, that, back outside that back door and they forget about what happened in the church service. They go back on Monday morning and they act just the same way they did the last week. But I've come by to tell somebody this morning that when we get into the house of God and we allow that burning fire to burn inside of us when we leave this church and we go out and do our jobs on Monday mornings then somebody's going to see a fire you see a fire is huge a fire is big a fire attracts and it reacts and all of a sudden when that burning fire is inside of us we're on our job site and somebody is seeing look there's something different about that guy there's something different something special about him why because he's got the burning fire of the Holy Ghost Burning inside of him. Man, I didn't know it was going to go like this. Lord's wearing me out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's a burning fire. You know, there's fires that go all over this nation. They're called wildfires. And when we get a wildfire going on, it takes months, sometimes even years to, distinct, to extinguish it. I'm praying today that the Holy Ghost gets a hold of Elevate Faith. I'm praying today that the, that the Holy Ghost gets a hold of the Church of God in the state of Missouri, every Church of God in, within this state. I'm praying that every Pentecostal church in the state of Missouri gets a hold of this today, and they say, God, let the fire burn so much that we become a wildfire for God, that when old Satan comes and he tries to pour his water out on the fire, that it can't be extinguished, no matter how many little demons and little oofs he sends, just like the firefighters trying to fight the wildfire wildfire no matter how many he sends it's going to be to no avail why because this is a wildfire of the holy ghost and no matter what it comes in contact with it's going to consume it this morning hallelujah it's a consuming fire it's a burning fire it's a powerful fire 
I alluded to this earlier in Acts chapter 2. As I was studying and thinking, and thinking about this, all I could do was get to the, this part. This part. Brother Kenny asked a question last Wednesday night in our Bible study. Very, probably one of the most important questions anybody could ever ask. In the book of Acts, what came first? The power or the tongue? The church has it backwards today. Because, see, we're, there's a chronological order that happened that day. But the problem is the church has gotten out of the chronological order of the way the Holy Spirit works. We have decided that we are going to work for the tongue and not work for the power. But I'm here to tell you, it wasn't the tongue that came first. But the Bible says that, 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 that tongues of fire set upon each one of the... It was a visual effect. I couldn't imagine being in that room with 120 people and all of a sudden seeing a little brisket of fire hanging on top of your head. That probably would have given me probably just the weirdest EVGBs I'd ever had in my life. I probably would have went out running if it hadn't been for the power of the Holy Ghost. But the problem is is that churches today are too busy worrying about the tongue. They're worried about who's operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Well, in order for us to have the gifts of the Spirit, we've got to have the power. In order for us to have the power, we've got to have God send down the fire. And in order for us to have the fire, we've got to be willing for God to send it down inside of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It is a powerful fire. Now, a fire in its largest state, in its most powerful state, will not only consume things that are inside of it, but it will consume things that are outside of it. Now, that's not even in my notes. I'm just going with the Holy Ghost here. I, don't, I really don't even have notes. I've got just a couple things on my cell phone. But here's, here's what I want you to see. If you, go, if you go back into the Bible and read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the word says that the fire was so hot in the furnace that the person that was even bounding them up and trying to throw them in was consumed by the fire. Now, here's what I, here's what I want us to understand. Is that when we get such a fire inside of us as Christians, when we begin to walk down the streets of our town, when we begin to go into Walmart, go into Aldi's, and go into Schnooks, and go into the Colton's and the restaurants and stuff, and we, we begin to walk down the aisles, and we get close to people, guess what? The fire of the Holy Ghost is going to start consuming the very things that are affecting. The, uh, but, brother, you had no idea what I was preaching on this morning, but you just walked all over it, and that's okay. That's called the Holy Spirit. That's, that's called uh, uh, God working in mysterious ways. But you know what? It's, it, the, the, when we praise and worship, just like he talked about, when we get into the fire of the Holy Ghost, what he does is he starts consuming other people's problems. Wow. Uh, yeah. I might be struggling. I might come up here and start worshiping the Lord, and I'm struggling. But when we get into the fire of the Holy Ghost, other people around us are struggling too. And all of a sudden, that consuming fire, that burning fire, begins to attach itself to the very thing that is trying to control them. And it, it attaches itself to, thing, to, to this person over here, and to this person over here, and this person over here. And before too long, everybody in the body, just like a while ago, is jumping up and down, is worshiping the Lord, not worrying about what everybody else is thinking about them. Why? Because the fire of the Holy Ghost is burning inside of us. The fire of the Holy Ghost is consuming everything that we have gone through in this week. And now we are uh, afresh and anew, and, and we're 
we're, we're adding more fuel to that fire, and now all the people around us, it's starting to catch. You see, a wildfire catches. Not only does it catch, but it keeps going. It keeps going. Whatever it finds to get its flames on, it'll attach itself to it. Now, I'm praying that the Holy Ghost does this for the church. I'm praying that there's, and the Bible says that in the last days he'll pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I'm praying that he does it with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Because I'm praying that this this fire gets so wild that it it gets out of control. And when it gets out of control, no matter, I'm praying that it gets so out of control that all of a sudden the, the, the Catholic church down the street can hear our worship. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to be funny or anything like that, but it's the truth. I'm so sick and tired of people trying to say that there's no fire of the Holy Ghost, and the fire of the Holy Ghost is not really anymore. I've come by to tell you, the fire of the Holy Ghost is so real in my life and so real in the lives of uh, everyone in this church, we have got to realize that it, it, it takes the fire of the Holy Ghost to be able to minister and to be effective. We can go out here on the street and we can try to witness. We can try to minister to somebody. But without the Holy Ghost, without that fire, without something burning inside of us, we might as well hang it up. It is not going to work. It's not going to be effective. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Not only is it a consuming fire, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to wrap it up here in a minute. I told you it wasn't going to be very long, but powerful. Not only is it consuming, not only is it burning, Not only is it a powerful fire, but here's what I like. When I'm driving down the road, and I'm on the highway, and we're traveling, and all of a sudden I see a great big old billow of smoke from miles away. I know why that smoke is there. Listen to me. The fire is a drawing fire. The fire is a drawing fire. Number one, if you look back at the, at the Israelites who were traveling and it was so dark out, it says that by day they were traveling by a, cloud, a cloudy pillar and by night they were, they were traveling by a pillar of fire. It illuminates. Fire illuminates. What does that mean when darkness is all around you and, 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 and you're trying to live in a dark and, and dying world just like we're living in now? The church is in the darkest time we've ever seen. The society today is the darkest we've ever seen. But it's time for the fire of God to show up in a mighty way. It's time for the fire of God to begin to illuminate, the fire of the Holy Spirit to begin to illuminate. And when that light comes up into a dark world, all of a sudden the fire of God starts to illuminate and starts to portray out. And, and, and that's what the fire of God is. It's a illuminating and secondly, drawing. And I don't know about you, but there has been some times I've been sitting around the campfire camping and I've got my feet propped up on something and just kind of mesmerized by the fire and all of a sudden before I realize that everybody else is done gone to bed and I'm sitting there staring at the fire. Why? Because it is a mesmerizing, drawing fire. There is something about fire that attracts people. I'm telling you, when you're, dri- when you're driving down the road and all of a sudden, miles and miles away, you see a big old pillar, a big old billow of smoke. All of a sudden, your mind begins to wonder, I wonder where that fire is. I wonder if I'm going to be able to see that fire. I wonder if I'm going to be able to see the effects of that fire. I wonder if I'm even going to be able to smell that fire. I wonder what is happening in that fire. I wonder if it's a house. I 
wonder if it's a tree. I wonder if it's a field. I wonder if it's a factory. I wonder if it's a gas tank. I wonder what, if it's a vehicle. I don't know. what it's, It is an attracting fire. Here's my prayer today, that the church gets so on fire for God that all of a sudden, if from, from Farmington City, people can be driving down from St. Louis, and when they're driving down I-55, they see, some, they see a Holy Ghost smoke rising up, and they say, I wonder where that fire's coming from. I wonder what kind of building that fire's coming from. I wonder why in the world that fire is even there. Well, I want them to know today that today there's a fire going up from this building. There's a smoke coming up from this building. Why? Because the fire of the Holy Ghost has fallen in this place. It's an attracting fire. Listen to this. If you're around a fire, whether it be a barbecue pit or a campfire or whatever, many times we've had fires and, and, and bonfires and stuff like that on Saturday nights. And then we go home and on Saturday night, man, man, I need to take a shower before Sunday morning because I'm going to smell like a fire. Listen to me. Too often times we come into church and the fire of the Holy Ghost gets onto us. But before we leave that door, here's what we say to ourselves. We need to take a shower before anybody else can begin to smell the product of the fire upon us. But I'm come by to tell you today that as I leave this sanctuary with the fire of the Holy Ghost, I don't need to cleanse myself of this fire, but I want this fire to become strong. I want the stench of this fire of the Holy Ghost to become so strong that when I leave this building and I go to my job site tomorrow or wherever I go, when I walk into the grocery store, when I walk in to pay my bills, everywhere that I walk that the stench of the Holy Ghost would go before me, that the stench of the Holy Ghost would be there. I don't have to worry about showering that power off. I don't have to worry about showering that fire off. But all of a sudden, we are getting into the point now where we just need to feel the fire of God once more. Too many people are taking a taking a, a, a worldly bath after they've been in the presence of God. But I've come by to tell you, it no longer do we need to be taking a worldly bath. But we need to step in firmly into the fire. My God, I don't want to be even around the fire. I want to be inside the fire. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Put me in the furnace. Hallelujah. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. It is A drawing fire. Go ahead. Who's coming to the piano? Come on. Let's do that song again. I am so sick and tired of seeing churches that are neglecting the fire and the passion of the Holy Ghost. We've got far too many churches. Now, now don't get me wrong. There are just as many church of gods and Pentecostal churches out there that are neglecting the power of God and neglecting the fire of God just like any other denomination is. But I've come to this morning and I want, the, I, here's, here's what my prayer is. Here's what I want. I've been praying this all morning. I've been praying this last night. I've been asking myself how in the world are we going to make this happen. But I want Elevate Faith for the city of Farmington to be a beacon of the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost to be so prevalent in this place that when people begin to go to their churches and begin to go, I, I'm, I'm praying for other churches this morning. I'm praying for other pastors. 
pastors in, in this very city this morning that God would just saturate them with the fire of the Holy Ghost, that God would light them on fire, take a spiritual match and just throw it right down in the middle of their sanctuary and begin to ignite a fire that's inside of them. That, that I, I don't, It doesn't just have to happen here at Elevate Faith. It can happen anywhere. It can happen to, to uh, Abundant Life right down the road. It can happen to the Assembly of God. It can, it can happen back again at CLC if they would just allow it to happen. It can happen at the Rock Church. It can happen at, at House of Praise Church. It can happen everywhere, but we need, to, we need to figure out something. We need to figure out that we've got to stop quenching the fire of the Holy Ghost. Because you see, not only is the enemy throwing bottles of water on the fire, but we get into the churches ourselves and we bring in a worldly bottle of fire with, a, with, with us and we get in here in our holier-than-thou attitude and we begin to throw fire, throw water on the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I've come by to say this morning that we need to stop throwing fire on the Holy Ghost and we need to start putting flame to it and adding fuel. I don't want to carry fire in the church no more, but by golly, I want to carry in some gasoline. I want to carry in some wood. I want to carry in some coal. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn inside of us. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Lord have mercy. Whew. I got to take a breath. How many of you want the Holy Ghost to fire this morning? I want every person in the building today that says, I no longer want to be a hindrance to the fire of God, but I want to be a supplier of the fire of God. I want you to step out of your seat and come. Don't hesitate. I know I'm not the only one. I pastor a church who's full of people who want the fire. I know that. I'm thankful for that. Lord have mercy. Here's what we're going to do. There are times when we could be solemn before the Lord and the Holy Ghost can move that way, but today's not that day. Today's not that day. If you, if you came today and you put your reserve pants on, you need, you need to go somewhere and change real quick. Because we're about, to, we're about to get into the presence of the Lord. We're about to get into the presence of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. The power, the fire of the Holy Ghost is in this place. And we're about to get Pentecostal like Pentecostals should get Pentecostal. Now, I'm going to go a little bit, a little bit further than this. I, I was checked to the Spirit this week. Let me tell you. Monday night, we attended the uh, uh, Hopewell uh, uh, Church, and they were singing a song that I don't particularly like. They were singing a song that I, I just particularly don't even care for. You know, and, and there, people began to, to go up and run around the altars and stuff like that. And, and, and uh, after church, I heard some other people say, you know, I, I didn't really like that song. And you know what? I want to tell you this morning, this morning, it's not about the song. You know what? It's not even about filling the Holy Ghost. Because we don't have to feel the Holy Ghost to give the Holy Ghost power and praise. I want to tell you something. If I want to dance before the Lord, I can dance before the Lord before the power of the presence even comes. Because when I begin to get obedient in the presence of the Lord and begin to do what God has told me to do, that's when the presence comes. We don't need the presence first. We need to praise first. And then the presence is going to come. Hallelujah. My Lord. I want to tell you something. I had none of that in my notes. It's straight Holy Ghost this morning. We're going to sing this song. And I want to tell you something. You may not like what I'm about to do. You may not like how I'm getting ready to worship. 
So here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't watch me. Don't watch me. Because if you're watching me, you're more concerned about me than you worry about your own praise. So here's what I want I want everybody to do. Nobody in this house worships like another person. So as we begin to sing this song, I want you to get into your worship mode. I want you to begin to get into your midnight hour, Brother Derek. Get into your midnight hour. And begin to allow the fire of the Holy Ghost to consume your midnight hour. And begin to allow your worship to allow the fire of the Holy Ghost to fall in this place. And when the Holy Ghost falls in this place, I guarantee you, this is going to become uh, an altar service that we've never seen before in our lives. I can feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. I can feel the Ruach of God blowing in this place. I can feel the wind and the fire. As a matter of fact, if I I get any more in tune with God, I'm sure that I'm going to begin to see little, little flames of fire sitting on each and every person who is filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you today, I don't even know how many people's here. It's less than 120. And we're all in one mind and we're all in one accord. And when we get unified like that, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is going to fall. Go ahead and start singing. Start singing. Start worshiping. Start worshiping. If you got to walk, walk. If you got to run, run. If you need to dance, dance. If you need to jump, jump. If you need to shout, shout. If you need to kneel, kneel. But I need everybody in this house to worship God in spirit and in truth and allow the fire of the Holy Ghost to come upon us. Hallelujah. My Lord have mercy. Yes.